My name is Dr. Victoria Weitzman. I'm a cosmetic dentist and founder of Cosmetic Dental Studios. And what I love about beauty is the confidence it provides people to really go out into the world, do what's important and fulfill their purpose. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Hi, my name is Mimi Banks, and this is Beauty Is Your Business. Today, Alicia and I are speaking with Dr. Victoria Weitzman about all things dental and beauty. Welcome, Dr. Weitzman. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. I'm really excited. Thanks for coming. We're super excited to talk to you today. We'd love to start and for you to tell us more about what you do. And specifically, I'd love to learn about your philosophy and how smile actually impacts your confidence. Okay, well, that is a big question. (laughs) So what I do is cosmetic dentistry. And cosmetic dentistry is a big umbrella. And under that, we've got dentofacial aesthetics, how the smile really can kind of enhance the beauty of the entire face. So we take a very holistic approach to beauty. We don't necessarily just focus on the smile. We look at the whole face and we try to establish better what we call facial flow and overall beauty. And a lot of what we do too these days is called anti-aging dentistry. You know, I find that with beauty, when we talk about anti-aging, everybody's talking about skin and hair and how we can kind of do pro-aging or anti-aging with those things. But what people aren't really talking about is oral beauty and how enhancing your smile can really just take years off of your entire face. I really do believe that the smile is one of the most overlooked, you know, features on the face when it comes to anti-aging. So we do a lot of that. We do smile makeovers. The way we do smile makeovers is there are many ways, but one of the primary ways is with porcelain veneers or porcelain crowns. We do full mouth reconstructions. So not to bore you with too much of the dental stuff, but that's kind of what we do. And then in answer to your question about beauty and confidence, you know, I always say while I'm a dentist, we're really in the business of building confidence. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It's dental, but everyone comes in with a story. A lot of these decisions, like you would think like in plastic surgery, for instance, are emotionally fueled. There's a very big emotional and mental component to why people choose to do this. And the primary reason that I hear from my patients is they just want to feel better about themselves and present their best self to the world. Wow, that's amazing. I think you said a lot of interesting things here in terms of as a cosmetic dentist, to look at the whole face and establish the flow. So can you talk to us more about what that is? Like, what is establishing the flow? Like, how can we help someone build that confidence through looking at the face? So does someone come into you and you give a consultation and offer different suggestions? So someone comes in with a goal that we discuss. And many times it's layered. They can have several different goals, whether it be restoring the health of their mouth to restoring the beauty of their mouth. You know, a lot of times we have women that come in and men, but our demographic is mostly females. They'll come in and they say, you know, I, I when I was 20, my smile looked amazing and I was so confident and I was a model and this and that. And now at 50 or 60, I just don't feel that way about myself. So there are definitely different layers to every story. We definitely look at what the goals are. Health, in my opinion, always being 
the primary goal, whether the patient mentions it or not, because as we all know, health is the foundation of all beauty, right? So we look at the entire face, we look at the complexion, we look at what signs of aging may have happened to the smile, whether the teeth have yellowed or chipped, or now there are gaps that can sort of signal that the smile is a little bit of an older smile and take away from the attractiveness of the face. So we look at all those things, we look at the features of the face, we look at the shape of the face, you know, for instance, the shape of the smile has to match the shape of the face. The color of the teeth should match your complexion. So there are a lot of things that we look at in terms of how wide set are your eyes. We look at the nose. So there are different things we look at to make sure that everything matches. You know, beauty is not a set point, right? Beauty is, when you think about it, in my opinion, it's symmetry, harmony. It's not perfection. You know, I find today, especially in our social media culture, we're just chasing perfection when, in fact, that really isn't beauty. Beauty is other things. Beauty is confidence and just flow. Things have to make sense. I love this. I've never thought about understanding if my smile matches the shape of my face. I think that that's fascinating or how your smile can reflect aging. I think that that's super interesting. That's great because I think that there are factors that you look for. You said your teeth, whether it's yellow or gaps, those are signs. And I think to your point, people look at their skin to show signs of aging, but I very rarely hear anyone talking about their smile and saying it's showing signs of aging. Exactly. You know, like every magazine you read, everything you hear about, we talk about anti-aging. How can we look younger? How can we feel better? And everyone's talking about skin, hair, working out very rarely. And we're trying to change that oral beauty and wellness is a very underlooked area of the anti-aging market. But it's hugely important because, you know, your smile, aside from these past couple of years where we've been wearing masks, generally speaking, your smile is something you can't necessarily hide. And hopefully moving forward, we won't really be having to wear the masks as much. But, you know, your smile is not something you can throw a sweater over. Even on Zoom calls, you know, through the pandemic, everyone's been working from home and on Zoom calls and able to sort of see their smiles. We've seen a really big uptick in people coming in to talk about their smile and what they want to do you know, to improve their smile and get smile makeovers because they see how important it is to the entire face. And probably because they've been on Zoom so often that they're just looking, they just see, they start noticing all these details they probably didn't realize. Exactly. I just want to fangirl for just a second. You mentioned the people who come into your office and have specific goals. I think it's worth mentioning who some of these people are because I read a pretty impressive list of some of your clients and actually patients. You're the official dentist for Miss America and the New York Giants cheerleaders. Yeah, so we're the official cosmetic dentist for Miss New York USA, Miss California USA, and we sort of got involved with the Miss Universe organization years and years ago. The coolest thing about working with these organizations is, yes, you know, it's definitely glamorous and, and all that, but the women involved in this are some of the most articulate, smartest women that I've met, you know, I mean, and this is sort of their stepping stone to creating greater change, you know, not everyone's going to win, right. But they get so many life skills just doing this. And it's so amazing to be part of that process. That's incredible. And their people or their stars are just like us. So people have the same challenges that others face in terms of their smiles and feeling confident, specifically when you have these organizations that are looking at the exterior as much as the interior. Oh, yeah. Well, what you realize 
is that whether you're a celebrity or not, people are just people and everyone wants to feel confident. Everyone has insecurities and stories. So, you know, the lucky thing for me is I'm not really, you know, I don't really watch much TV or into like pop culture too much. So when people come in, it's just a person to me, you know, so celebrity or not, but you're totally right. And in fact, people in the public eye may even have more insecurities than those not because they know that everything they do, anything they do, any change they make to their appearance is highly scrutinized. So it's even more of an, I mean, you see these glamorous pictures of them up, right? But the fact is, is they're people with the same issues that we all go through. It's so clear and apparent, Victoria, your passion to give people confidence through their smile. And, and that's such a beautiful purpose to have. I'd love to learn more about how did you get into this? What was sort of your origin story, or your aha moment, which got you kind of interested in this particular field and to get to the point where you are really, you know, an expert and leader in your category. Thanks, Alicia. Yeah. So I, growing up, went to art school. So I consider myself an artist at heart. I'm in the medical field. I do consider myself somewhat of a creative. And that said, there's also the part of me that always wanted to be some sort of doctor and help people because I do think that part of living life on this earth is to have a purpose and to give back and do all those things. So when I went to dental school, I wasn't really exposed to cosmetic dentistry too much until after I graduated and took some courses after and saw the impact. They were live patient courses, the impact of how changing someone's smile or appearance can really, really just impact and shift their entire life. And it's not for vanity's sake. It's not because we have to put such a high value on looking a certain way, but it's really the internal effect, the internal impact that has on someone's confidence and emotional state, especially if they've been through traumatic experiences, illnesses that may have caused their smile to suffer or not be the way they want it to look. You know, most of the patients we come in, like I said, have a story, whether it's an eating disorder or just finishing up chemo treatment or some abuse. I mean, all these things can take a toll on a smile, you know, and of course there are people come in that just want just for vanity's sake, want a smile. But the stories that I really love are the ones where people are deeply impacted by life circumstances. And when we recreate that smile and it's a restoration process, we restore them to what they were pre whatever happened. So it's, it's a really holistic approach where, you know, we take into account their emotional state and their confidence. And so just seeing the impact of that through my courses and training really kind of pushed me in this direction and the practice organically. Once you focus on something, I find things organically just go in that direction. So the practice organically evolved into a cosmetic practice. And, you know, for more selfish reasons, you know, I love the creative process. So for me, doing this is like artwork, right? So creating a smile is a very artistic process. So while we are helping patients, and that's my primary goal, I just actually really enjoy that creative process. And it's something that you see immediately. It's not like it takes years to see it happen. Like with other things, you know, we see the, the results immediately. I mean, it's really life-changing work. You can impact somebody overnight or within hours or days of minutes just based on your smile. I'm curious to know, there's so many myths about teeth and like do's and don'ts. What are just some common teeth myths? Like people think, but they're actually not true. 
So the one that jumps out to me like immediately is because everyone's so like caught up on the, in these social media crazes with, you know, that the celebs are doing, everyone wants to do it. So I'm not a huge fan of charcoal on the teeth. I know everyone's doing like brushing with charcoal, but that's actually kind of abrasive and can actually cause some damage to the teeth. So that's something that I'm not a fan of whitening teeth sometimes people will they think that like a whitening toothpaste at home can kind of get you the same white that you can at the office but that's not true either I know a lot of that's advertised these at-home systems they're okay but I think we all need to maintain realistic expectations and really look at the ingredients and consult with your dentist yeah I'm totally guilty of buying always the whitening toothpaste to make sure to try (laughs) They're great for maintenance. You know, they're great for maintenance. A lot of things are great for maintenance, but for instance, they think they're going to achieve that Hollywood smile with a whitening toothpaste. So it's really just keep up with your dental visits. If you have a question, ask your dentist. I also think that oral hygiene is sort of when I speak to patients, you know, not taken as seriously. So definitely keep up with your six month cleanings. At-home care is very important, obviously flossing, brushing your tongue. No one really does that these days. Super important. It's all about the bacteria in your mouth, keeping things fresh and under control. So it's really important. Also, actually, it's not a myth, but one of the things that people don't really talk about either is the, the systemic effect of your oral health, right? So your smile and your mouth is a reflection of your overall health and vice versa. Like you take better care of your mouth, the rest of your body will be in better health. It's all about inflammation in your body. If you have inflammation in your body, it will show up in your mouth. It's not like if your gums are swollen and red, it's not just that your gums are swollen and red. There's something going on in your body as well. And to that point, you take better care of your gums and of your teeth. It just affects your overall health. So I think one of the biggest myths then extrapolating from that is that your mouth is totally separate from the rest of your body in terms of health when they're so connected. They're so interrelated. That's actually really important. Never thought about it that way. I don't know if you have, Alicia, of like how directly connected. I mean, I never really thought about it that way. But to people who are listening right now, what are the first signs, I guess, of when there's an issue? Like, what are the first real signs besides like if there's a pain? Like, what should people be looking for? So obviously pain is one thing. Bad breath is another. I mean, that could be a sign that either you've got a cavity or there's just too much bacterial overgrowth in your mouth. Inflammation of the gums, any sort of redness is a sign that you should be taking better care of your gum tissue or you should see your dentist. So anything like redness, swelling of the gums, pain, that's definitely something to look for. Something else to look for is if you wake up with joint pain, you know, TMJ pain, headaches, that could be a sign that you're grinding your teeth at night. That might be a sign that you need to control your stress levels a little bit more, cut down on the caffeine and the alcohol before going to bed. You see how everything is just interrelated. It's everything is systemic and connected. The mouth is not separate from the rest of your body. So, you know, grinding and clenching is something we've seen so much of, especially since the pandemic, because everyone's been stressed out and grinding their teeth and clenching their teeth. So we've seen people come in with all these symptoms of TMJ. Cracked teeth, if you see little chips or chipping on your teeth, that's a sign that you could be grinding or there could be some sort of what we call parafunction where the smile or the teeth aren't coming together properly. 
This episode is brought to you by Dr. Victoria Weitzman, DDS. Dr. V is a cosmetic dentist and entrepreneur whose practice focuses on all things oral health and beauty. The primary focus of her practice is building confidence through smile makeovers, dental facial aesthetics, where harmony is restored to the entire face through the smile, and anti-aging dentistry. The practice is female-founded and run, and is a huge advocate for global education for women. Dr. Weitzman is bi-coastal, with locations in both New York City and Beverly Hills. Her practices serve patients from around the globe. You can find out more by visiting her website, WeitzmanDDS.com. That's V-E-Y-T-S-M-A-N-D-D-S.com. I mean, you also mentioned that you do veneers as part of a smile makeover. There might be people listening who don't know what veneers are. Can you just to share what veneers are and then who are essentially candidates for veneers? Mm-hmm. So veneers are thin shells of porcelain that are placed over their, what we call bonded onto the surface of the teeth. We have veneers in our little toolbox of things we do under the category of smile makeovers. They're made of porcelain. And what they can do is we can change the size of the teeth. We can change the width of the smile. We can change the color of the teeth way more than you can with whitening or Invisalign, it really produces a more, I don't like to use the word dramatic, but definitely a greater difference, you know? So we can change the size, the shape, the color, the width of the smile uh, with porcelain veneers. A lot of times they're used in conjunction with crowns as well, bridges. And most of the time as part of a larger smile makeover, we do a lot of reconstructive work. So we can use veneers as an adjunct to that. It's actually one of my favorite things to do. I love your passion, Victoria, and I would love to learn more about, I think you said some really, I think, key things even throughout these different questions that you've answered about. I can tell that you really care to support other women in business. You're an example of a a strong and successful female entrepreneur. How did you get started? I mean, it's so glamorous right now where you are sitting and you're in a position of, of success, but I think we all love to hear the story and feel inspired about how you got here. Yeah. I mean, how much time do you have? (laughs) Yes. I think it's very easy to look at people where they are now and forget that everything is a journey, right? It has been an extremely, extremely long process to even get to this point. So I graduated from dental school. I was the the youngest graduate at the time. And I'm not saying that for any other reason than to make a point that when I graduated, I was very young and not too savvy. You know, I guess I graduated really young, but what did I really know about the world or starting a business? And the answer is really nothing. I mean, I could have gotten the highest grade in my class, but when it comes to the real world and starting a practice, I really had zero knowledge. So this practice has really been a bootstrap business. I graduated um, not having anyone in my family that was a dentist or in the medical field or that had any sort of practice. I'm first generation here. So you know, I was the first one in my family born in the States. So growing up, everything, I got used to figuring everything out on my own. So this wasn't too much of a challenge, but it kind of was, but it kind of was. Um, so when I graduated, I started working as an associate at other dental practices to kind of figure it out and see how practices are run. And what I quickly realized is that I'm not the greatest employee only because only because I like doing things my way and I had a real vision for where I wanted my practice to go, the types of patients I wanted to see. 
the type of work I wanted to do, what time I wanted to come in in the morning, what time I wanted to leave. I mean, I just hated being told all those things and sort of having to do things that I, I didn't really want to do. So after realizing that I should start my own practice. I didn't really have much knowledge or, or funding. We, we didn't get any loans. We didn't have any guidance. I just started renting space. And really, it was just like one patient at a time. I, I, I don't even know who my first patient was, but that's kind of how it started. And I was doing general dentistry at the time with the eventual goal of, of going into cosmetic dentistry. So it was really building the practice patient by patient. And I think the process took me a little bit longer for that reason, because, you know, I do have colleagues and friends that walked into practices that were ready to go, whether their parent was a dentist or a doctor, and they just walked in and kind of took over or bought into a practice. You see, I didn't have any of those options. No one in my family was a dentist. I didn't really have the funds to buy a practice. So I just started little by little, and it was an incredibly long and sometimes very frustrating journey. But the result is, even though we're still growing and developing, is that, you know, what we have now, it's, it's not a huge practice, it's a boutique practice, but it's really such a reflection of me and my team. I mean, there's nothing that's about this practice that isn't us. Like everything about this practice is so authentically us because we built it from the ground up. That's the one big advantage of, you know, starting from scratch and building something no matter how hard it is. So that's the short answer to a very long story. I think we can all of us relate to something similar. <laughs> and I'm always impressed with the entrepreneurs that really bootstrap their business and build it brick by brick. I mean, we we're getting used to these days where folks are quickly raising a lot of capital, getting impressive valuations, but I'm always impressed with the entrepreneurs that I think really like are able to, and it's not always possible, but be able to build, you know, brick by brick, a business that you've built to today, which is an, an impressive boutique business that is definitely recognized. So congratulations on that success. That is no easy feat. Oh, thank you. I, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And, you know, many of my patients, most of my patients are women women with similar stories, entrepreneurs, women that have built their own businesses, really like powerhouse women, because they kind of get it. I don't know, I think there's a certain comfort level too of being in an all-female practice. Another thing I didn't mention was the field that we're in is a very, very male-dominated industry. I mean, that's just the fact. Like people dentists doing this at this level, mostly I would say are men and kind of breaking through in a male-dominated field was a little bit tough, but I think there's a certain comfort level. Like I said, a lot of our patients are women and I think there's a certain comfort there. I agree. If someone wants to find you, what's the best way to contact you? The best way is either on our website, vitamindds.com. So it's a V-E-Y-T-S-M-A-N-D-D-S.com or on Instagram, our name is Dr. Victoria DDS. So Dr. Victoria DDS. And you have some amazing pictures on your Instagram. Those exact makeovers that you're talking about are unbelievably incredible because you can see somebody who has teeth that either are shorter or maybe a little bit disfigured to having this gorgeous smile. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these pictures, you know, these smile makeovers, 
some of these patients have had medical conditions that have led to these situations and trauma or neglect or whatever it is. And the key too is, you know, no judgment, having this be a safe place where people can come and whatever condition you're in will accept you and take it from there. You have to, as they say, meet people where they're at, kind of withhold judgment on, on how they got there. I think that's great. It speaks volumes to your values and just and what you represent anyway, a no judgment that you're offering. It sounds like a really safe space for people to tell their story and to really share how they're feeling about themselves. And And I heard you at the beginning when we started talking about how you are in the business of building confidence. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to be in a safe space where they feel heard and understood and not judged. I mean, I've had a lot of these patients have consultations in a lot of different places and come in and say, wow, I really feel safe here. Because it's easy to judge people no matter what, you know, it's human nature, I guess, sometimes to do that, you know, but we have to really kind of understand that people are all on their own journey and all have their own story. And it's possible to have that happy ending. We, we believe, you know, in the power of transformation and the power of possibilities, just on a personal level and uh, how that relates to the smile. I think transformation is a super powerful thing. And the hope is that transforming a smile a lot of times leads to an internal transformation, things shift in their life. Because you give them the vision to see possibilities that they probably never thought were possible. No, definitely. I was going to say, absolutely. You know, they come in a lot of times thinking maybe without hope or not knowing what the possibilities are. But once you present what the possibilities are, that not only you can change your smile, but you can change a lot of things in your life. I'm a huge believer of that. If you don't like it, you change it. We live in a world today where we can do so many. I mean, granted, there's so many things we don't have control over, but there's so many things we do have control over. And I really believe if there's something in your life you don't like, we have the power to change it. And if that's your smile, then that's your smile. That's so compelling. And I think it was super inspirational too. I don't know how many people are listening that are now looking at their smile, wondering what it says about them. Um, how do you know if your smile matches your face? I'm still, I'm, I'm going to go back to the beginning for a second. How do you know? Well, I think beauty is a very subjective thing. Let's just start there. So if a person is happy with their appearance and happy with their smile, there is no need to seek cosmetic dentistry. As long as your mouth is healthy and you're happy and you're confident, you don't need to do anything. But if there's any inkling of not being fully confident with your smile, then you know you look at the color, you look at the size of your teeth. If you have, for instance, larger features and your teeth are a little smaller, that could be a sign. If you've got very fair skin and your teeth are warmer, that's a sign. It's like when you pick up palette for makeup too, everything kind of has to match. But like I said, it's really about how you feel about your smile and your appearance. My philosophy behind beauty and changing your appearance is really not so much to make things more beautiful for beauty's sake, but to, if there's something that sort of takes away from your ability to present your best self into the world, to change that. So that way it's no longer an issue. It's not something you think about anymore. And you can really focus on the more important things. It's part of the reason why, and I see you ladies too, why I wear black every day, because I don't have to think about it. Who is it? Steve Jobs, or who is it that wore black every day? The term. Why? Because you don't have to think about it. I think the same thing about beauty. You make yourself feel comfortable. So it's not something that's constantly on your mind. You're confident and you don't have to think about it anymore. You can now focus on your company, 
doing important things. It's not at the forefront of your mind. So that's always kind of been my philosophy about beauty and confidence. You know, eliminate the things that you're self-conscious about so you can really focus on what's important. Yeah, I think that's why New Yorkers were black. I think, you know, being in California now, I'm trying to adapt and try to wear brighter. No one can see us. I'm wearing a hint of gold um, with like a dark top. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I know. Well, that's why I wear like a brighter lipstick or something. But I'll tell you, like I practice in LA as well every month and I'm always in black. I'm like, I still that's something I still have to kind of, I'm a little uncomfortable in color, but like I, I do have a few colorful, like a color top or something that I wear when I'm in LA just to kind of fit in a little better. <laughs> but I hear you going to Malibu in a all black outfits, not really. Right. Exactly. It's so funny. We just have a few minutes left, but I would love to close thinking about the future and the future of cosmetic dentistry and just some thoughts on what do you think is next? So, I mean, I think that in my field in cosmetic dentistry, we're just going to continue to sort of perfect our techniques, find ways to do things a little bit more conservatively. I believe that when you can be conservative with beauty, that's the best thing you can do. You want to avoid aggressive treatments as much as possible. So I think honing our techniques will make things more minimally invasive, more like tweakments rather than full on treatments. I think that's the direction we might be headed. I think that a more natural aesthetic versus the Hollywood smile, even though many people still come in asking for it, I think a smile that's bright and vibrant, but still natural, I think is something that the direction we're heading towards aesthetically. People just want to look like the best version of themselves, where I think back in like maybe the 80s or 90s, it was like that chiclet smile. So we're trying to move away from that. And then I think that personally in our practice, what's ahead is just kind of growing both locations, but also a beauty and wellness brand that really kind of reflects our brand and has the opportunity to impact women like we had talked about with education, helping them reach their potential. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much. Really, I'm thinking about my smile totally differently now. So thank you for that. A whole new appreciation. Yeah, those braces when I was younger, that made a difference, I think. Exactly. Well, so nice chatting with both of you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Alicia. I love getting to know you and thank you all for listening. We had a great time. Talk to you soon. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.